On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. How do you go out and get Kawhi Leonard and get Paul George and put together the roster that the Clippers have and have everybody declare that you're going to win an NBA championship and you're about to flame out in the first round of the playoffs with home court advantage after you flamed out in the NBA bubble last year in Orlando? What is wrong with the Clippers? I mean, it's... It would be embarrassing if it wasn't so common and expected now. And that is what makes it funny. I'm Ken Levick. It is Ken Levick Alive. He is my radio life partner, Coquel. We are here with you until 1 o'clock at the Anajar and Levine Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off the Intracoastal. Joe Rigotti, as he does on Wednesday, He's pushing the buttons and hitting the levers and getting us through what the uh, circus that is this hour that we put on. Uh, Coquel, last night, watching Luka Doncic just carve up, I mean attack, I mean kill, I mean embarrass and humiliate the top defense in the NBA was truly amazing. And you have someone like Patrick Beverly who has never seen any trash talk that he's not going to try and take advantage. Someone that has leaned on being elite defender. Someone who has leaned on being a pest. Someone who has made a career out of being the shut-down defender. And Luka just swatted him away over and over and over again like he was just a little small fly, driving right past him to the basket, hitting floaters over him, hitting fadeaways over him. And all of a sudden... The L.A. Clippers are down 0-2 going to Dallas in their first-round playoff series. And what makes this even funnier, I want to go back to July 24th of 2019. It was a much simpler time where a fairly new owner named Steve Ballmer had taken over the club, uh, saved the franchise that was shamed by the previous owner's racist indiscretions, yet... This was the celebration, and Steve Ballmer is very energetic. This was the celebration as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George sat behind him at their introductory press conference. I have these notes, but I got to say I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Woo! The best part of that is sort of the uncomfortable applause as people are like, oh, my God, he's going crazy. Like, should we do something? Should we applaud, too? What's happening? Like, yeah, he, those are reporters. It's, yeah, not, it's, yeah. not, it's not like a uh, team function where you have to, right. you know, with, right. when, when your boss gives a speech no one's and you there, have to clap. Right. No one's there to have a party. Everyone's there to talk to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And everybody off P. Like, everybody just sort of because Ballmer was so insane and started clapping and whoo. Like they're like, wait, do we clap here? What what's the proper protocol in this spot? But the LA Clippers, again, with Balmer, who you know he's gonna spend a ton of money. He's trying to build them a new arena. He gets Paul George. He gets Kawhi Leonard. They team up. And remember, that was at about the same time that the uh the discussion about uh Kyrie. And Kevin Durant and the Nets were coming together, and you had these superstars getting together, and that is how uh, the, the Clippers countered with Kawhi and Paul George. That's significant. Kawhi, the MVP, brought a championship to Toronto, and now, after missing the finals last year, they're down 0-2 after being outplayed not just a little bit, but a lot of bit by the Dallas Mavericks. The LA Clippers are... Maybe the most unfortunate team in sports. They're never going to realize greatness. Like, at what point? They even had the Chris Paul years and the Blake Griffin years those and the DeAndre fun, Jordan those years. Were fun and they teams, were fun but... and they were competitive, but they couldn't get over the hump. I mean, they won a playoff series in that span and it turned into a big deal. They can't even do that outside of a bubble 
with Kawhi and Paul George. They are not going to win this series against Dallas. Not against Luka. That's a done deal. The Clippers are so unfortunate. They're so unfortunate. It's like the kid in high school that you see, and he's got like the weird wispy mustache, and he smells a little weird, and you're like, it's kind of unfortunate. That was me. That's why I can say it. Um, <laughs> did you have the little mustache? I did not have the wispy uh, mustache. But trust me, I did not have a lot going tr- for me. I tried to grow the chin goatee, like just the chin. <laughs> I, I pulled yeah. that move. Not a good move. Let's go, Coquel. Uh, actually, I had gigantic ears, and all my clothes just hung off of me because I couldn't find anything that fit me because I was like 120 pounds. Because so, <laughs> you were just too big for five Ts. Yeah, yeah. Get out of the yeah. And size. I refused to buy boy clothes. Right. So that was uh, that. that's how I was unfortunate. But the Clippers are that they're so unfortunate they're never gonna win anything but it got me thinking what are some of the most unfortunate sports teams because I would argue and yes it's fun that they're in the playoffs now but the Knicks that's an unfortunate team between that insane owner oh, and Dolan, Dolan somehow gets that Isaiah gets- Thomas <laughs> And Which is Dolan. not able to win first time in the playoffs. You know how hard it is to miss the NBA playoffs back-to-back years, let alone eight straight years like the Knicks did. Phil, and Phil Jackson sleeping on the job didn't help. Yeah, Phil Jackson. Yeah, sleepy Phil Jackson. Uh, he comes in and was nothing but a complete disaster. I mean, Coquel, I hate to continue piling on your teams, but the Jets, boy, are they unfortunate. I mean, we could go back decades uh, to how unfortunate they are. But just the pathetic level of these franchises. I mean, the Dolphins. The Dolphins are in this discussion. It's one thing to be really, really bad for a long time. It's another thing to be 8-8 eight and eight for a really long time. And that's been the Dolphins. That's worse than being bad. Because now you're 8-8 eight and eight every year, and you're picking 15th in the first round. Like That's the apex of unfortunate. I'm sure a lot of you are fans of these teams. Teams that I haven't even thought of. Who are the most unfortunate teams in sports. I gave you a couple. You can tell me the same ones I gave you and tell me why you think they're so unfortunate. And you can... Unfortunate or just worst. Yeah, can we worst, just do worst, unfortunate, I like absolutely. Burying. I like burying teams. Who are the worst franchises in sports? Who are the worst teams in sports? And I'm not talking about just one singular moment, like you had a bad season. I'm talking like they never get it right. They can never get it right. I mean, me, I'm a White Sox fan. And they're always the number two team in Chicago. They only won one world championship in my lifetime. And now their manager that has a World Series capable roster, he doesn't want them to actually play and have fun and hit home runs. <laughs> like, how unfortunate is that? The White Sox are so unfortunate. Who are the worst? Who are the most unfortunate franchises in sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at the show, at ESPN West Palm. If you're a fan of one of these unfortunate, these pathetic, these worst teams, just feel free to vent. We're here for you. We're here to talk to you. And we're here to make you better, maybe. Because if you're a Clippers fan, I really don't know if I have anything that I can say that's going to make you feel better about that. But what are the worst franchises in sports? They just cannot ever, 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 ever get it right. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Um, I would think, Coquel, like the Lions. That's the Lions truly come right to your head. unfortunate, right? Because it's not just that... Um, they, they've had those 0-16 seasons. Um, it's also because even when they're good, they're not winning a playoff game. Their best players, some of the best players at their position of all time, Barry Sanders, mm-hmm. Megatron, they retire, they retire early, early yeah, to, right. to get out of the franchise. And then you get a franchise quarterback, and you've had a franchise quarterback, and you still can't do anything with him to the point that you hire a meathead to coach your team, and he says, you know what, I want, I, I want out of here. I'm gone. So then you have to say, all right, out of the goodness of our heart, because you were the only good thing going for us, we're going to send you to L.A. Who are the worst? Who are the most unfortunate? Who are the most pathetic franchises? Because the Clippers after last night, how can you deny it any longer? They try and try and try and try and try and try and try. It's not for a lack of trying, but they just don't win, and they never figure it out. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and don't forget, you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Joe, Jeff is Jeff in West Palm. Jeff, you're on Ken Levick Alive kicking us off. What's going on, Jeff? 
Hey guys, love the show. I, I'm an FAU alum, so I love what you do for FAU, FAU football. I do have to say, I really think that the Miami Dolphins, I love the Dolphins to death, but it's been sad. We're still living off the 72 <laughs> yes! undefeated season. Yes! We have, yeah, uh, we haven't been in the play, uh, we only been in the playoffs like three times since <laughs> the year 2000. Like, we've been mediocre for, you know, the past. 20 years. Jeff, you're and living it, in I my don't... head, man. You're living in my head because you're exactly right. And these are the same things I think about every football season where I'm like, there's the expectation. And I feel like we've heard over the last five years, oh, this could be the best defense in the NFL, or this is when the Dolphins break through. And it always feels like they might because they're coming off of an 8-8 eight and eight season. So you feel like they're going to take that yeah. leap, and then that leap never comes. Yeah. So, like, for example, 2003, we're ready. Ricky Williams goes on a sabbatical. <laughs> You know, we're ready to take a step forward in 2017. Tannehill gets injured uh-huh. in training camp. It's always something. And I just feel like, man, like, we have to start winning something because 72 is a long time ago. Thanks, guys. Yeah, they appreciate it, Jeff. And it, it does drive me crazy that the Dolphins never give us anything to get the old school Dolphins fans off of the 72 thing. There's got to be at some point, and I feel like this growing up in Chicago – like the Bears are go through the same thing because everything is always 85 Bears, 85 Bears, 85 Bears, Jim McMahon, Walter Payton, Mike Ditka, the Koch. Like it's just it's it's always the Bears. At some point, there's gotta be a cutoff in the timeline when you can hearken back and say, ah, well, this team uh needs to meet the standard of the 85 Bears or the 72 Dolphins. You can't there's a certain point where you can't go back to that anymore. What do you mean Namath and the Jets? What a, I mean to predict the victory. What an organization. <laughs> Man, you get it doubly bad between the Jets because going back to Namath and the Knicks going back to the 70s, going back to Willis Reed. Like that's that's what your franchises are hearkening back and to. And I'm an Islander fan who was born in 79. So yeah, until I turned 4, they were dominant and then they, they fell off the map <laughs> Once from that you were actually forward. you were able to wipe your butt is when they <laughs> yeah. they, they stopped <laughs> winning Mike Bossy wasn't quite pulling the, <laughs> pulling the things for me anymore. But speaking of local teams, let's just stay local. I know we love our cats and rats right now, but they've never won it. They've oh, never won a Stanley Cup. That's a perfect, perfect call because the, you're right. They haven't won it. They went to one final very early in their existence, and then it's been a whole lot of nothing to the point where, just like the Knicks, how hard it is to miss back-to-back playoffs in the NBA. The Panthers have somehow made it a habit of never making the playoffs in the NHL. Like it's they are never there. They've had three playoff appearances in they're under five hundred all decade. They're under five hundred all time. It's incredible. That is so unfortunate. You're totally right. That what are the worst franchises in sports? The Panthers is a great one. Jeff pontificating on the Dolphins is a great one. And the Clippers are up there. It's clinched now. They're just flat out unfortunate and the worst and sad. Worst franchises in sports because the Clippers are there. 888-760-3776. I don't know if I'm shook because of the caller from yesterday, but I want to go another hockey team. And it's probably because of my trying to deflect away from the New York Jets. Uh-huh. But the Winnipeg Jets play in Canada, and they stink at hockey. Like, they're never good. The Winnipeg Jets. And never. So much ever. so that they had to move their team, yeah, and then whatever. they got the team back, and they're still bad. They're terrible. Yeah. Like, they're just – they're in Canada. You think of Canada, you're like, oh, Canada wins all the Stanley Cups. The Jets – get rid of the name. New York Jets need to change it. It's the name Jets. It has to go away. Uh, you know what? I think you're onto something. If Winnipeg just changed the name, <laughs> get rid of the mascot because the New thing. York Jets can't win. It is the Winnipeg <laughs> Jets can't win. It is definitely a Jets thing. Uh. <laughs> I, I like that you have hockey PTSD over your football team for a team that you have no association <laughs> None, with whatsoever. Nothing at all. The LA Clippers have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and they're down 0-2. This was the year they were going to win the championship. The Clippers never win anything. They never, ever, ever win anything. You're right. The Jets. That's just a name that's destined to lose there, now. Has there ever been a good Jets team in anything? Not since Joe Namath. Broadway Joe. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The most unfortunate, the saddest teams in sports. Well, you uh, take the calls. I'll be looking up teams with the name Jets because that's where I'm now focused. So you've lost me for the rest of the show. <laughs> Who do we have, Joe? Sorry. Go ahead and show Howie. it to me again, Rogue. Uh, Howie and Jupiter. Howie, you're on ESPN 106.3. What's going on, Howie? Good afternoon. Good. Thank you. The worst, I think, is the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they had 
They had in the 80s, there was a brief, brief moment. They should have won a Super Bowl and allowed a Joe Montana march down the field. And you're right, they're they're largely, Howie, and this is really, I think, speaks to the definition of what we're talking about. They're, like, insignificant in the grand scheme of things in the NFL. Right, and I'm an old-school Dolphins fan. You might talk all you want about my Dolphins, but we got a record that has never been uh-huh. Yep, and Howie, and, and listen, you you saw it, you were around for it. I'm just saying, for someone like me, I don't want to keep having a harkening back to a time when I wasn't even alive. It's great for you. Like, you, you were able Boomer to... Boomer Esiason and the, and the Bengals? Come on. <laughs> like, you, you, like, you were able to live it and enjoy it. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to get something I can relate to other than Ricky Williams' sabbatical. Thank you for the call, Howie. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Um, from a Dolphins perspective... Are the, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Are the Bengals even more embarrassing, though, because of those marvelous... Marv Lewis years with the, the just getting arrested every other day. Like, it seemed that like they were help. bad, and then it was just the bad PR. No I, matter. I mean, Pac-Man Jones was probably 90% of those, but it seemed like there was trouble happening all the time. Maybe, but I also think that what Bengals fans would look at as more embarrassing is them having great regular seasons and flaming out in the playoffs all the time. The, for a fan base, the glimmers of hope, and that's what the Lakers are doing. Like, at least the Jets have largely been horrible except for the two back-to-back AFC title game appearances. At least the Knicks have been downright horrible, except for a couple of finals appearances in the 90s. You know? But the, 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 the Bengals and what the Clippers, what the Bengals did and what the Clippers do is they make the playoffs and they dangle that out there saying, hey, we're good enough, we have star power, and the Clippers do it with star power. <laughs> and the Bengals couldn't even be like the worst in their state. Like, they were so bad, but right. they, they weren't, didn't even get to be the well, lovable losers. Well, that brings us to that team. The Browns are absolutely an unfortunate team, but think about Bengals. The Bengals are so unfortunate that the Browns got a movie. At least they got a movie made say, about they them. They get to be the lovable losers yeah. that everyone refers like, to as the Browns. The at Bengals least, you don't think about. Right, at least they got draft day. I mean, if you're the Bengals, you're just, oh, we're sad. Great movie. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm just glad that we're another year away before we actually have to have a mandatory viewing of draft day on the first round of the NFL draft that I didn't know was a thing until this past year. But um, from a Dolphins standpoint, 2008, I was covering the team. They made the playoffs, had that great season. Uh, they they knocked out Brett Favre in the final game. They win the AFC East. And then what happens? They have a home game, a home playoff game, and the Ravens come in and they get Ed Reeded. And uh, that was, like, it was just the perfect ending to a memorable season because it was so Dolphins to just sort of face plant. And that was it. And then it took a long time for them to get back to the postseason. Who are the saddest franchises in sports? The Clippers, Man, they are torture. They are just complete torture. The Dolphins, yep, they're absolutely up there. The Bengals, they're just completely insignificant. Who are the worst franchises in sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Speaking of fan bases, one got called out yesterday by a superstar basketball player. It was a little uncomfortable. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken and Coquel. My life be like. What did Kyrie Irving insinuate? About Celtics fans, it was a little, a little uncomfortable. Boston fans. Eh? Ken Levick alive <laughs> with Coquel. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. The podcast is right there for you at the conclusion of every day's show. Wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple or Spotify or anything, or you could just subscribe and get it right to your phone. Make it easy for yourself. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel podcast every single day. Here on ESPN 106.3. Joe Rigotti sitting in with us today, uh, as he does on a Wednesday. We thank him for uh, doing excellent work producing this show. Uh, and so Kyrie Irving, as we get prepared, Coquel, uh, for <laughs> a, a return to Boston that Celtics fans, I think, have been salivating over and one that Kyrie has not necessarily been looking forward to. Well, it's going to happen. And the Brooklyn Nets are up two games to none in their series against the Celtics. It has not really been all that competitive. Uh, the Nets are the su- clearly superior team. Um, Kyrie was asked about 
him going back to TD Garden for the very first time later this week for Game 3 and was asked about the type of reaction he felt he was going to get. And this is what Kyrie Irving had to say. I mean, it's not my first time being an opponent in, in Boston. You know, I'm just looking forward to competing with my teammates. And, um, you know, hopefully we can just keep it strictly basketball. You know, there's no belligerence or any racism going on, subtle racism and people yelling from the crowd. Is it something you've experienced in Boston before? I'm not the only one that could attest to this, but it's just, you know, it, it won't. It, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, that the, the R word comes out of nowhere. Uh, people being belligerent and uh, the racism. It was so casually thrown in there that it, it when Kyrie says, like, I'm not the only one who can vouch for this, like, it almost seems like the way he says it, it's a known thing. Like, hey, you're going to go to Boston. There's going to be some racism. That was, that was a really stark revelation, a call-out, a, hey, Boston fans, Celtics fans, this is, this is you. That was bold, Coquel. That was incredibly bold on Kyrie Irving's part. And the disturbing part is, is how casual it came out, how it was just part of his conversation. Like, oh, yeah, and, and the racism, you all know it's there. And then the, they'll laugh at the end because that's, it's a defense mechanism to laugh at, at that, how, how it is in Boston and how they all know and everyone knows how it is in Boston to, for, uh, well, with the fan base. And I think there is, there is, there is a perception there, there absolutely is a perception, and I'm not a huge perception is reality. Uh, like that's the the I absolute. Am. I, I'm not. I'm not, and I actually don't like the perception is reality thing. But I do. There is an overwhelming reputation that Boston has received, especially from a sports standpoint, that racism is pretty prevalent. Those Kyrie quotes. I mean, that's the first time that I can remember, like, in season, in just a random sit-down interview, someone flat-out saying, like, oh, yeah, the, uh, the racism, leave that at home. Like, he played there, and he's calling it out. And it's not – I mean, we've seen it called out before. Adam Jones of the Orioles called it out where he said that a fan threw a bag of peanuts at him and called him the N-word a handful of times. Thanks, that's pretty awesome. Um like so, but that's after the fact. Kyrie's saying before. That's what it makes this is that he knows it's going to happen. Right. It's not like oh my god, this just happened. It's I know I'm going to Boston, and this is what happens when we go to Boston. I'm I'm not going to like I I don't want to sit here and flamethrow uh, Boston fans. Okay. I actually want it because I know that they're Coquelli, You know as well, and we talk to them almost every day. There are a lot of New Englanders. A lot of Boston fans, a lot of Celtics fans that listen to this station, listen to this show. I just, what I want to get is I want to get a perspective from Boston fans. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Is this a, a reputation that you feel is, that you feel is accurate? Is this a, a reputation that you feel is what Kyrie Irving is saying accurate? Does it happen? Um, and what? Why is this a thing still? Like, what? What is I mean, the the Boston fan reaction to this? Because that's a call out, Coquel. That's a legit call out. A legit. Hey, I'm telling the world, and I'm throwing racist on it. And these are Celtics fans, and I'm not the only one who says it. Like, what is the reaction from Boston fans to that? Because that is a a big time severe call out. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Here's the thing, though. It's staggering to us as two white guys sitting here that he just called it out so casually. But I, being in a mixed marriage, I'm going to go to that. My wife is black. I am white. When we see the casual racism that just goes on every day. I get floored by it, and she's like, what? Like, this is my everyday life. Like, it's no big deal. It is just a casual, this is what happens when I go to the store. And I'm like, Wait, what? Why, why are people staring at us? Why are people doing this? Why is that security guard following you and Dylan around my son? Mm. Like, those are things that I'm floored by. And she's like, no, this is a life in America. So to, for him to call out Boston's fans, a place that's known as being racist, that again, Adam Jones said called out for being racist. We've heard other athletes back Adam Jones up. I'm not that shocked that he did it, and I'm – to get rid of the perception if Boston fans want to get rid of it, they need to start calling it out. The Boston fans. 
if America wants to get rid of it, it's not on black people to keep calling it out. Yeah. It's on American white people and other people to start calling it out. That's when that's when those perceptions will go away is when the majority becomes I'm not just going to not say the racist things. I'm going to stand up against the racist things. So it obviously is, I mean, it's a bad reputation for a fan base. Boston fans have a reputation. There is a, a racist reputation. Kyrie Irving just flat out called it out. Um, uh, is there a fan base like that, though, it, just in a similar vein that carries that type of poor reputation? And I know we're bagging on Boston a little bit here, but are there any fan bases that compare to that from that standpoint? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And again, Boston fans, New Englanders, how do you how do you react to Kyrie Irving flat out calling you out? And Coquel, I'll ask you, does it help if Kyrie or some of the players uh, that have experienced this call out the exact instances, the details to to help further um, uh, I- I- expose what takes place? This is why I think it, it, it doesn't help. I think it's good, and I think it should be done. This is why I don't think it'll get the result that should happen, though. It's more of a word way I want to word it. Look at everything that happened over this past couple years in America and how many times did being white guys did you talk to other white people who were like oh I just wish it wasn't in our sports oh I wish it just wasn't in on the news all the way I just want to change the channel I need an escape from it because we can get the escape that's the difference so until people don't just ah well I'm just not going to listen to it I'm going to turn the page then change can be made when you're a person of color you can't just change the channel you can't just ignore it because it's at you all the time there is no escape from it so him calling it out, I like that he's doing it, but until people say, I don't, until we stop getting the reaction of, I don't want it in my sports, I don't want it in my news, I don't want it in my TV shows, until we stop getting that reaction and people but, say, I don't want it to be a reality, that's when the problem will be solved. I, I, I think that obviously that is, that is the goal, but when Kyrie comes back and says, it is what it is, and cuts off the conversation there, that's not helpful. Why? Because what is he supposed to say? I mean, if if it is indeed casual racism, an example of that would would be uh, welcome. Like what what exactly is he so talking ev- about? So every time he faces racism in every city, he's supposed to talk. No, you, but I'm not. And you don't I'm think every one that. of these, what I'm And you don't think sports talk people all over the country are then going to start ripping Kyrie more? But that's not what I'm saying. That every time it happens, but a couple of examples I think would really help but, to give perspective and context to what Kyrie is talking about, as opposed to a laughter and it is what it is you heard him laugh and you heard someone in the distance laugh i would put money on it that the person in the distance is a person of color laughing because they've experienced it too i bet you it was another player or just someone else who, who understands the situation because what else can he do besides just bring it up and just call out every single time someone says something look what happened when russell westbrook called it out what was that in utah mm-hmm. people started to bash russ for it saying he shouldn't interact with the fans it's a no-win situation, so he's laughing it off almost to take the power back as if this isn't hurting me. Boston fans, how do you react to the Kyrie Irving racist call-out? And also, what are what are some of the other bad fan base reputations in sports? 888-760-3776. I just know yesterday from the conversation we were having, and you did it too, uh, oh, Heat fans don't show up until halftime. I tell you what, I'd rather have that reputation uh, being bad fans than I would uh, having a reputation as a racist fan base, right? Uh, if you're going to weigh the two there. Uh, yeah, you'd rather be the I fan that, that doesn't care enough to show up on time like and, Heat fans. And I, I believe, though, that we had someone from New England rip Heat fans for being bad fans. I'd rather them be bad fans than fans where a superstar who used to play for you, a golden child who used to play for you, is saying that you're racist. Don't you see a lot of clubs in this in football or soccer? Don't you see a lot of clubs that have this reputation? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it affect it there? So what's the thought in that world? Or is it just accepted as it is what it is? Uh, I think that, uh, I mean, you're into soccer yeah. you, you follow, and you're a soccer announcer on ESPN plus, right? What they do though, is they punish, they punish clubs. If there is a fan that is heard using a racist slur, they will punish the club, um, take them out of tournaments, empty stadiums for a week, two weeks, three weeks. Like they, it in Europe. They had that off immediately. Well, it becomes a, a huge they, they deal. They became a deal. They started to head it off immediately yeah. because it was out of control. Right. It was out of control, but they that was their reaction to it. But here, Should they do that here? Yes. They, yes, they should, but will they? Absolutely not.
Because you know, of the money issue. Yeah, for sure. And do you understand the backlash there would be if, if Boston said no fans at TD Garden? Not happening. The NBA said not for a week because someone dropped an N-word or said something racist. Uh, do you understand the blow-up on cable news television, on social media, all of the nonsense on social media? It would just further completely tear apart fabric of what we think is, is the American lifestyle and American discussion on social matters. But would it cause change? Probably not. You don't think so? You don't think fans would stop doing it knowing that if they get caught doing it, their arena is going to be emptied? We couldn't even get people to wear a mask for a year. You think people are going to leave their racial epithets at home because there was a week where they had to clear out an arena? No way. It wasn't. My freedoms, because you know what you'll get? Freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. That's not what freedom, freedom of speech, speech is. is. I, exactly, I, I know, but I know that's you what we'll yeah. get. I mean, but there wasn't that long ago where that stuff was a little bit more closeted. You know what I mean? It's very much more out in the open now. Well, it, here's the thing with Kyrie, though. He said it, and I wonder if it's going to make a difference. The, the, the racism that he faced, even as a player, or saw other players face, if he is, because he called it out, going to face less of that when he gets to Boston, or if that's going to cause it to be a bit more severe once the Nets go to Boston later this week for games three and four. But either way, like that's the most direct... The direct call-out before a potential incident happens that I maybe have ever seen from a pro athlete. But you're right, because it's Kyrie, though, too. Like There's a lot of people that are you know, willing to dismiss Kyrie Irving because, oh, go take another sabbatical. Uh, weird guy, doesn't really care about the game. Uh, oh, he has all these weird thoughts. Flat earther. Gets, Putting sage in the arena. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Will... He's going to get booed anyway going back to Boston. Is it going to be that much worse now because he spoke out against racism? And I think it will be. Well, and, I, and I think it's going to be hidden behind these booing him because he's a former Celtic. I think he's going to get booed that much more for calling out the racism that was in front of him. I just really, like, I want a New Englander. I want a Celtics fan. I want a Boston fan to tell me if they are aware of this reputation of Boston fans. Because obviously Kyrie's saying it's not the first time that I've heard it. I try to be... Uh, a little bit uh, cautious with things like this, but Kyrie Irving said it. Like he sat down with Rachel Nichols and he said it. Are you aware of this reputation? How would you respond to Kyrie Irving? For those of you down here, sports fans, New Englanders, Boston fans in particular, how do you respond to Kyrie Irving throwing out, yeah, there's racism. Racism in the arena. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I'm going to be about as shameless as ever as someone who's involved in the programming here. If you want to hear those boos, you can hear them right here on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> Coverage starting at 7.30 Friday night. You hear Pat Lawler every Tuesday here on Ken Levick Live. Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys. And when you're injured in an accident, it's pretty overwhelming. There's a lot of questions to be asked and a lot of questions to be answered. And that's where Lawler and Associates personal injury attorneys come in over 28 years of trial experience Lawler and Associates help their clients get the compensation they deserve period automobile boat or motorcycle accident slip and fall or personal injury Lawler and Associates they have the expertise the resources and the desire to help call 561-372-3500 or visit Lawler and Associates at wanttolawyerup.com wanttolawyerup.com for a free consultation wanttolawyerup.com again i'm just more curious and this is one of the things we did it last week coquel well i'm willing to just kind of listen i just want to i want to listen and understand from boston fans because Kyrie, that's a flat out call out are you aware of the racist reputation or the racism reputation that the fan bases up there have and how do you respond to that with Kyrie and him calling it out is it going to make things it has hit has it further inflamed things later this week? Or do you think that the people are going to be more cognizant of that uh, because Kyrie called it out? Let's go to Lillian in Boston. What's up, Lillian? Hey, what's up? Um, I, I'm glad that he basically said it instead of pretending that it's not there. Um, I have to say, Boston fans, we're pretty civil, mm-hmm. okay? We're pretty civil. And... Like any sports, people will say things sometimes, and, you know, at the heat of the moment, they'll say it. As long as it's not a problem when somebody, you know, talks back and says the same level of insults, if you don't mind, you know that the guy that you just insulted with a racial slur calls you uh, white trash, hey, he's all fair game. You know, it has to be approval across the board. As long as they're not cherry picking who can say what, 
but it's, it's, it's a game. In sports, people sometimes they'll say things. So wait, you think because it's a sports game, you can call Kyrie, what? not you personally, fans can call Kyrie whatever they want using racial words no, towards him? No, no, no. I'm just saying during the game, people say things. I, I don't approve the fans, you know, insulting sure, someone sure. using a racial slur. Not at all. And what I'm saying is as a sports fan, you know, a Boston resident, my family, they're a Celtics fan. They like the Red Sox. They like the Patriots. And I have been to those games. And people are pretty civil. Yeah, yeah, and I think, and I appreciate the call, Lillian. I think that it's it's a matter of, <laughs> one, being cognizant of what's being said. That's hard to do in uh, crowds of people that have been drinking. But also, to me, like I don't, I don't see the fun in going back and forth with an athlete. Like I'm not there to trash talk an athlete. And you would think that it's a pretty, like, it should be basic human instinct to know when things have gone to a level where it's and and I want to be clear too, white trash is certainly not the same well, that's what I was as the N word. Okay. I, I mean, say, I just want to make sure that there, we're clear on there that. There is right? no equivalent there. No, that's the that's the thing. And even if there was, if there was an equivalent, I don't approve either side. And it's just because both are doing it. I'm like, all right, well, yeah. it's fine. And I I this is a reputation, but by a reputation, I I completely understand. We're not talking about all. We're not even talking to close to all. But. It seems like this is something that has happened, and over the years, it is compounded and compounded and compounded, and I don't know if it's accurate or not. That's why I'm listening. That's why I want to get a feel from New Englanders, and I know the the uh, prepa- uh, the, the, the tendency is going to be defend the fan base, but I also, are you aware of it? Are you cognizant of it, and have you seen it? Do you think that Boston fans, maybe more so than any other fan base, uh, need to pay attention to these things because that reputation is there. Do you think Boston fans, your own, are worse than other fan bases? I think it's a legitimate question that I actually am trying to be educated on. And the only reason is Kyrie Irving, major platform, called it out, said the word racism when discussing Boston fans. So I'm trying to learn on this. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. When we come back, the cringiest things in sports. And man, if you're in politics, please stop trying to trash talk on a sports level. Stick to politics. And we promise, though, let's just get this because I want to change the tempo a little bit, too. This isn't this is a politician saying something that has nothing to do with politics. The next segment isn't really about politics. Yeah, we no, there? it's not. It's All of this segment, I don't want people to think we're now we're having a politics. Well, that wasn't thing. about politics. That was about sports as well. I, I get you, but I just want to make sure we're gonna have some fun. But this is the true. This is the true. Stay in your lane. Like, just trust me. When you hear what we're about to play, you're gonna cringe and you're gonna have that weird butterfly in your stomach. And you're gonna say, "Oh, that was awful." East Coast I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Lavica live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, politicians, stop trying to trash talk in sports. Hey, parents of athletes, you don't need to be running to the media to trash talk your kid's opponent. <laughs> I mean, we might. Did you see my son's two interceptions no, last week in just... the championship game? I mean, the drive. Palm Beach Post, where are you at? Dylan Coquel driving on the ball, deflecting it and picking it off. Like, that is uh, in, the, in the end zone. Go line stop. Let's talk about it. Case in point. Ken LeVick, a live featuring Coquel here on ESPN 106.3. Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. Yesterday, I pull in uh, to the sixth damn floor of where we're forced to park here at the Phillips Point Towers. Good Lord, it might as well be Everest that we're parking on. But um, I, I roll up, and Coquel's standing there, and he's like, man, that car is just awesome. My Kia K5 GT, like you legit were like, that thing is beautiful. It's a beast, man. It's a beautiful yep. car. It, it looks cool. It has two car seats in the back seat and somehow still <laughs> yeah, looks cool. That's the thing. That's how cool that car yeah. is, though. It pulls off, not in like a, you're a soccer mom way. It's like, I don't even care that right. those are there. It's really cool. So the car is total beast, uh, and it trucks my kids around as well. It's dual purpose. It's the Kia K5 GT, and I got it from Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. George and Mike over there really, really helped me out. I was in the market for a car. I really needed something, but I also wanted something that was going to be reliable. I wanted something with great fuel efficiency, but I wanted something that was going to look cool as hell, too. And uh, Mike and George said, hey, 
think this is going to work for you. And then I'm like, uh-oh, this is going to be super expensive. I can't afford this. They found a way the financing, and that's what they're going to do for you at Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. They're going to put you into one. They are going to make it easy on your wallet. And part of the reason is they're, they they want you to keep coming back. They want you to be a forever customer. Their credit clinic, I absolutely love this at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, Military Trail in West Palm. If you have bad credit, the credit clinic at Greenway Kia, West Palm has your back. Local bank representatives come out on site to grant special approval to meet certain minimum criteria to get you in a car. So if you have a job bringing home three fifty dollars a week, the credit clinic at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach wants to approve you. It's that simple. Not to mention, 2021 Kia Fortes, zero down payment, only 265 a month. Go to Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, and uh, you hear me talk about my K5 GT. They're going to put you in something great because they want you coming back. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Make sure to go to GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Uh, Coquel, since you are a doting sports father who mm-hmm. just pumped up your son from his, uh, his flag football uh, success on the field championship game. Yes, he has two interceptions. He has the clutch. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, yes, yeah, that's sure. what I'm talking about. Game on the line. Trey Young's dad went to the New York Daily News in advance of tomorrow's game number two of uh, the uh, their first round series. Tonight's game two, right? Tonight is game two. Tonight, yes. tonight, tonight's game two. Uh, and Trey Young's dad said this about his son. Quote. Reggie Miller, when is it in his prime, when he was 28, 29 years old? And just from there, the comparison to Reggie Miller, you're like, oh, God. So he went on to say, Knicks fans are going to have to see Trey for the next 10 or 15 years. He hasn't even hit his grown man weight yet. He hasn't got the grown man strength yet. This is only the beginning. He should be a senior in college right now, and look what he's doing. So he compared his son talking his son up to Reggie Miller and what Reggie Miller used to do to the Knicks after one playoff game, one good fourth quarter against the Knicks. And was Trey Young sensational in the fourth quarter? Absolutely. He truly was. But Pops, this isn't the time to be going to the New York papers and making him enemy number one of the Knicks fan base. Just me? I wouldn't take that approach. What good can come out of talking about your kids to the paper? (laughs) What good? There is nothing good that can come out of it at all. Because what are you going to say? You're going to obviously, if you talk up your kid, everyone's going to say you're just talking about your son, right? And then if you're mean to him or mean to his teammates, you look like that jerk of a dad. Well, and like there is nothing good that can come out of it. It's one thing if it comes out of Trey Young's mouth, kind of cocky, kind of I live for this. It's that's, his career. It's right. not dad's career. The one thing that's going to make you an, a, a, a target endlessly is if daddy's speaking for you, and that's exactly what happened here with Trey Young in New York. It's not like he was doing this in Oklahoma City. He's doing it in New York. That's Nick not fans, a good call. When we, that's right, we go up big tonight. I want to hear who's your daddy chance like we did for Pedro. But then, who's your daddy at Trey Young when the Knicks are up big? When RJ Barrett dunks on Oh, it's not we're not doing a Knicks segment. No, 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 no. But I want who's your daddy. But then I want you to all listen to New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Oh, let's just stay with making fun of Trey Young. Because Bill de Blasio had a message for Trey Young, and good lord was it embarrassing. This is about basketball. I have an important official announcement. Uh, this is a very serious. One, get this out. Uh, message to Trey Young uh, on behalf of the people of New York City and, uh, and anyone who cares about actually playing basketball God. the right way. Stop hunting for fouls, Trey. Uh, I want to quote Steve Nash, one of the great player, great coach. He says, "Quote unquote, that's not basketball, Trey. Trey." That hawk's not going to fly in New York City. Come on. Play the game the right way. See if you can win. I think the Knicks are going to teach you a lesson. What does that even mean? Oh, no. That hawk's not going to fly in New York City? It means that in the Mecca, Ken, hawks are not allowed. The the Knicks are going to teach him a lesson? What an old dork. I mean, that is, what is he, and you mean to tell me that he's going to take time out, a special announcement and very important thing I have to say is his city's coming out of a deadly pandemic and he's going to spend some time talking trash to Trey Young. Yeah, Bill, there's nothing better to do. And the trash talk sucked. I mean, your schools are pretty upset with you right now. There's a lot of people upset with him, but play the beginning of it. This is the worst part of, of the whole thing is he had this whole plan, but it just sounds so forced. Like if he did it just kind of off the cuff sounding, it would be right. Can you play the beginning? Because listen to the way he, he... This is about basketball. I have an important official announcement. Uh, this is very serious. Want to get this out? Clunk. Yeah, uh, that was Clunk. Message You're right. Clunk. to Trey Young. 
clunk. Uh, on behalf of the people of New York City. Uh, and, and Like, he's just so clunky yeah. about delivering the message. He spent all morning, like, oh, I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to do this. And then he got to the point, and you're right, he just started vomiting all over yep. himself. And, and he couldn't save it. Uh, and I, I, it's the type of thing where, and sometimes this happens to us on this show, we'll get halfway through something and I'm like, oh God, this isn't working. And then you're like, oh no, how do I get to the end of this? And that's exactly what he was doing there. What are that the, was a lot here. I actually. mean, that was so cringy. Trey Young's dad going to the New York Daily News to talk up Trey Young. That's so cringy. Bill de Blasio, so cringy. What things make you cringe in sports, especially come playoff time? Cause that, that Bill de Blasio thing, that's painful. Like that legitimately hurt me. To hear totally unnecessary, and the Knicks are going to teach you a lesson. Stop hunting for fouls. One, he, that that's his game, and also the Knicks fouled him. Like I didn't, and and he also quoted the head coach of the other team in New York City. Yeah, I don't know where who's Steve, the favorite to win the, the the championship. I don't know why Steve Nash had to get involved. In why? That. That was a weird. There's a lot of quotes I you bet, can do. You didn't need that yeah, quote. Steve Nash is probably like, bro, leave me out of this. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of I this. I might play the Hawks in round two. Yeah, like, like, uh, and, and, I had nothing to do and with listen, this right now. I'm much more popular in this city than you are, Bill. Keep my name out of your mouth, okay? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. What are the cringiest things in sports? Another thing for me is when social media accounts with teams will before a game always tweet the calm before the storm now that's cool no it's not yes, it's like an empty it's arena so tired oh, that's awesome. and so terrible joe is in Jupiter. i got goosebumps joe you're on espn 106.3 hey joe oh my gosh we're talking mavericks for the first time i love it thank you very much you Appreciate got it that. it is our pleasure and uh luca by the way has relegated the clippers officially to unfortunate status yeah, and I think one of the things the Clippers didn't think about when they were trying to tank to play us, that we're going to have 18,000 people full capacity on yeah. Friday night and the next game. Cuban has opened the, opened up the door, so they're going to be walking into a – these people haven't been out in a game in a year and a half. Can you imagine the electricity that's going to be in that, in that arena? Yeah, well, that's like even – that's like tomorrow night with the with the heat. I mean, they're opening that thing up to near full capacity with the Bucks coming in. Like, this, we're going to see this across oh, the board yeah. in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, three triple-doubles, his first seven playoff games is a, is a first. That's a record. I think he's averaging something like 33-8-8 eight and eight in his first eight playoff games. Uh-huh. He takes it to another, another level. Even – Above the level he's already at when he when these games mean so much he's, he's just I can't believe we got him for the next hopefully ten or twelve years and twenty two years old I mean he's he's, he's going to get even better than he is Joe I mean, Joe staying I mean, true to being our Luka Doncic insider here on uh, Ken Levick Joe Live. we also talked about worst franchises in sports history Dallas Stars let me hear your thoughts they won a title uh, well They're you know under five hundred yeah we we get, we got to the we got to the finals last year, uh, you know, Stanley Cup, <laughs> yeah. and lost yeah. seven games. Yeah, they're actually you know, they're, they're not good. They're good now. Yeah, they're like they're like six months removed from being in the Stanley Cup final. Okay, You're but exactly you know what? Right. The Google has them ranked number three for worst hockey teams of all time. Okay, oh, man. Well, the Google said, so "Fight the Google. Uh, you know, Don't uh, fight me. Fight the Google." I would actually say the Texas Rangers are way more unfortunate. Then, oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They're way more unfortunate. Appreciate the, the stars calls, are Joe. terrible. They're a terrible franchise. What is with stop? Try- They're ranked at the hey, bottom third all-time winning percentage. Listen to me. Stop trying to do the hockey thing because you've brought up the Panthers and the Winnipeg Jets oh, yeah. and I the mean, Dallas to, to Stars in, today. To be in Canada and not win a cup, like come on, Jets. You don't fly have, to somewhere else. You don't have to do the hockey thing There's just because no we want the Panthers zone to win. Here, just like in New York for the Hawks. What is that? <sighs> Mayor de Blasio, no, no. Thank you for that. just grounding this to an absolute halt. We need to go to break. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Good Lord, Coquel. Go Knicks. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken LaVica and Chris Coquel. So I actually did go out, Coquel, to Stormhouse Brewing yesterday, sat down and enjoyed the... Uh, 
the uh, Billy Rose Blondale, and it was delicious. And it was a couple of them consumed, actually. It is, I'm telling you, that place was moving at like 4.15 on a Tuesday afternoon. That has become the new place to be, the new craft brewery to be at in Palm Beach County. It is Stormhouse Brewing, uh, North Palm Beach, US 1, between PGA Boulevard uh, and... uh, uh, Just south of PGA. Just south of PGA, exactly. And about a half mile south, actually. And it is... It is awesome. That full food menu, I'm looking at that thing, and you know me, I'm a salad guy, but they've got five different types of salads and stuff that's filling you up. You've got the pierogies, you've got the the entrees, the lobster cakes. So again, I I sat just outside, but they have those accordion windows too that open open up the entire huge space. We're talking 5,500 square feet. Stormhouse Brewing. This thing is massive, and I was able to watch Sports Center. They've got the 15 big TVs. So, Stormhouse Brewing, I'm telling you, it is taking over North Palm Beach. You got to check it out. Just a half mile south of PGA, US 1, Stormhouse Brewing. Go say hi to my boys, uh, my boy Josh over there. I sat down and talked with him. We're going to go to the Indy 500, apparently, in uh, in a couple of years. That's the plan. Just making plans over some craft beer at, uh, at Stormhouse Brewing. You know what tonight is, Coquel? Tall Town Night. Uh, no. Tonight is the night when the Florida Panthers bring it back to sunrise. This is a cats, cats and, rats and rats show, baby. baby. They're back. We had they, they they lost the first two games, and we turned our back on them after saying we were going to become a Panthers show, and then they won game three, come from behind win. We said we were a Panthers show again, and then they got blasted uh, in game four, so we said, nope, that's it. But then... The Spark Knight The came. Spark Knight. Spencer Knight, Spencer baby. Spencer Knight, 20-year-old goaltender, and he's leading the Cats back, baby. <laughs> if it comes back to sunrise, I tell you what, Coquel, the barometer is rising. Oh. I tell you what, Coquel, the Doppler is clearing. Oh. I tell you what, Coquel. Clear skies? The severe thunderstorm's been downgraded. Oh, I tell you what, Coquel, the moisture off the ocean is decreasing. (laughs) Not enough humidity. The Panthers are coming back, baby. No lightning. Spencer Knight's going to go into the eye of the storm and shut it down tonight. It's going to be downgraded to a tropical storm, maybe even putting Tampa in a tropical depression. It's the Panthers and the Lightning, and it's coming back to sunrise and will continue to be a Panthers radio show for Game 7. Cats and rats! Cats and rats! Let's hear it one more time, Joe! <laughs> He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live. We'll talk to you tomorrow on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.